I want you to listen to what Mayor Eric Adams of New York had to say about Marjorie Taylor Greene and other people rightfully protesting in New York City over the sham indictment of President Trump. Some rabble rousers thinking about coming to our city tomorrow. People like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread misinformation and hate speech. I'm going to let that sit there for a second because the irony of that coming out of New York is going to be a little bit more poignant, funny, and ironic. All three of those, two of those, one of those, or maybe none of those. But you can decide that when we get back to that story later on in this episode. Folks, there's a lot of news I want to cover, so let me just get right into it. Jim Jordan, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, everything's on the table. He was, Jim Jordan, was with Maria Bartiromo. Jim Jordan, a reminder, is the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, and he said that everything was on the table pertaining to Congress's oversight role in the grand jury indictment of President Trump. Quote, what are you, when are you expecting to speak with Alvin Bragg? This was asked by Maria Bartiromo. If he does not come to testify in front of the Judiciary Committee, will you subpoena him? Everything's on the table, Maria, Jordan said. We're going to talk with the other chairman and look at the response. We got his letter back. We've reviewed that. But we think that this is, here's, I think, maybe the most important thing. We think this is bigger This involves all of us. I don't think it's an accident that the same week we learned that the IRS knocked on Matt uh, Tabibi's door while he's testifying Congress, the same week as we learned a district attorney is going to, a a left-wing district attorney, a Zorro, Georgie, Porgy-backed district attorney, is going after the former president of the United States. I mean, that is the scary thing. They paid a foreigner. Think about this. They paid a foreigner to put together a fake dossier to spy on President Trump. The FTC sends a letter to Twitter demanding who are the journalists they're talking to. And then, of course, when Matt Taibbi is testifying, the IRS is knocking on his door. And now an indictment of a former president, the guy who happens to be leading in every single poll. This is about all of us. This is about us going after anyone who opposes that left's agenda, the establishment agenda. And that's maybe the most scary thing of all. Folks, tell me the deep state is real without telling me it's real. That, that your answer to that will be this entire episode. So let's point out here what Jim Jordan says. Everything's on the table because it's about all of us. It's about the IRS knocking on the door of someone the same day they're testifying in Congress. This is about the FTC sending letters to Twitter, wanting them to rat out journalists. So much for the First Amendment. This is about the FBI in 2015-2016 colluding with a foreign spy to create a fake dossier. Funded, of course, by Hillary Clinton. She's still free as a bird. Her arse should be in jail. After, of course, a trial being indicted and charges, which never came. I love President Trump. This is a Trump train channel President Trump should have gone after Hillary Clinton like he said he would. I love President Trump, and there's really a thousand great things he did. There's a few things on one hand that I that I wish President Trump had done that I will critique him on, and he should have gone after the Clintons. They sure as hell went after him. 
If it was he worried that it would look like political retribution, how's that working out, President Trump, for the rest of the nation right now? We're seeing political retribution against you and us ever since you were, well, before you were inaugurated. And of course, we're seeing this Alvin Bragg ridiculous indictment against President Trump. I was putting off today's report because I was wanting to see if they were going to put a gag order on him. Maybe that'll come tomorrow. It is now well past 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. How about this? Two-tier justice system? Oh, yeah. But here's the good news. James Comer said that there are not one, not two, not three, but four business associates of the Biden family that's cooperating with the House investigation into Joe Biden. And James Comer has been very, very clear. This is indeed an investigation into Joseph Biden, or Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is not about Hunter Biden. This is about Joe Biden, the president of the United States. Comer's investigating Joe Biden and the Biden family for nine violations, including money laundering and wire fraud. The probe has encompassed sub subpoenaing, subpoenaing, that's why is that word weird to me today? Must be Monday. Bank records and demanding cooperation from family business associates. By the way, folks, I'd be remiss to not say thank you so much for your support of this channel. We have been uh, beaten um, figuratively, YouTube, stifled. Shadow banned, crushed, sidelined, uh, and have had bogus attacks against us. But many of you are finding your way back to our channel or just now join the BCP family, and we appreciate your support. We also appreciate your support on our other program, BCP Unfiltered, and our BCP podcast. So thank you very much. We love America. You love America. We love you. You love us. And we have this kindred spirit where it doesn't matter color of skin, gender, doesn't matter which of the two you are. That's, it doesn't matter. We're all God's children and we all want freedom and liberty and we want to be left the hell alone from an onerous, overbearing Marxist government that has become straight up communist in the last two plus years. Political the politicization of every single bureaucracy, it was bad under Obama. Oh my goodness gracious. Since 2015, it has been turbocharged. And then he threw a supercharger on the bad boy as soon as they were able to use Democrat math to get Joey in his current position. And we want things, we want to make America uh, great again, better than it's ever been. Finally getting past this whole race issue and all these other things that the Democrats always resurrect and play identity politics to divide us. But we're so past that. I think I think a lot of people that even play the division game that have fallen into the false division having to do with identity politics have had enough. Thank you for being here, folks. You love America and the Constitution, freedom, God, Jesus, and your family. So do I. And I appreciate that kindred spirit that I can feel somehow through the zeros and ones and the electrons going back and forth between my sharing what I want to share with you and you're receiving it. Spread the word.
Comer goes on to say, we are in the communication with four, four former Biden business associates. They are cooperating with our investigation. And I will tell you, it's very concerning. Now, remember, these people have whistleblower status, so he's not telling us who they are. But we know that one of them likely is Eric Schwerin. Because when we look at the uh, laptop, we see that Hunter plotted to betray Eric Sherwin back in 2019. They were having a crumbling relationship. And this all had to do with this off-the-books business arrangements and text messages that are all coming from Hunter's laptop. We know what's really going on now. In, and a couple of months ago, back in February, we even got the news from a spokesman from James Comer's committee that said that Sherwin was soon expected to provide documents for Comer's probe. So we we know one of the four. We don't know the other three. Um, I imagine it might be Bobolinsky, might be the other one. But we don't know for sure. But it's not one, it's not two, it's not three, it's four. When you have four cooperating insiders, that's a pretty damn solid case against the Bidens. As if we already didn't have all of the emails and things on the laptop and other information. And James Comer is very, very clear. His investigation into the Biden family has legislative purpose. Quote, at the end of the day, our GOP oversight will inform legislative solutions that will define what influence peddling is, update ethics laws and disclosures laws, and prohibit foreign adversaries from buying influence. That's what he said on Bloomberg TV a few days ago. James Comer is a freaking man and is turning out to be a hell of a hero for us. We believe that the the reason the family was receiving this money is because of favors that Joe Biden did as vice president and or as president. And this has to do with the $1.3 million that we found out from these bank records that they got that were dispersed to the Biden family after $3 million were wired from the Chinese over to their associate. And there's more bank records coming, folks. There's more bank records. There are at least 10 different transactions that would show the president's immediate family was receiving funds from the Chinese Communist Party, is what Comer recently said. So we got a lot of good stuff coming, folks, and a lot of people in the know. Now, there's one particular one that's coming out today that House Oversight Committee uh, Chair James Comer is very concerned about. And it's a document where Hunter Biden sent Burisma officials that could have originated from the troves of classified information that Joe Biden mishandled. All this misdirection with President Trump and what have you is to hide the actual crimes of Joe Biden. James Comer said Monday he is concerned about a government document Hunter Biden said Burisma. He raised concerns that the family's influence peddling could be connected to Joe Biden's mishandling of classified information. Quote, we don't know the true extent of what Joe Biden has done. All we know is that he had classified documents scattered all over the place dating back to the time as U.S. Senator. There is one document in particular that I can tell you from my investigation of Biden family influence peddling that we are very concerned about with respect to the document that Hunter Biden sent to officials at Burisma in Ukraine. It was a government document. We are concerned that it may have been one of the classified documents. Wow. President Biden is under investigation by special counsel Robert Hurt in 
connection with classified documents found at his Wilmington home and at the Penn Biden Center in D.C. And we know that from CNN's leaks that these documents pertain to Iran, the U.K., and Ukraine. Whoa. And then there is this email, this document that is concerning James Comer that was sent to Burisma. And it appears to have a classified document that was attached to that. Maybe a reminder, that's why they were paying Hunter $83,000 a month. Everyone knows that $83,000 a month adds to a million dollars a year. Oh, but the deep state doesn't exist, right? The FBI hasn't been hiding this. Uh, This wasn't hidden by, oh, let's see, A.G. Bill Barr, who didn't want to be political. This wasn't hidden by the 50-plus former intelligence community officials that said, oh, this all has the earmarks of Russian disinformation. All right. Well, we have a new one here. And by new one here, we have yet another alphabet agency acting like the deep state puppets that they are. A whistleblower has approached Ron Wyden, Democrat out of Oregon's office, and alleged that the NCIS, the Naval Criminal Investigation Services, the primary law enforcement agency of the Navy, has engaged in the practice of getting and purchasing Americans' private data. Just like the FBI, CBP, and other agencies. We supposedly have the Inspector General looking into this. We've heard of the FBI, we've heard of DHS, we've heard of others, but this is now being reported that by Wall Street Journal, that the Joint Special Operations Command, a branch of the U.S. military, created a prior take advantage of advertising networks. And that we now have NCIS join the ranks of the other alphabet agencies that we hear about looking into private data of American citizens. But the deep state is fake, doesn't exist. We're all tinfoil hat, right-wing conspiracy nuts as the Wall Street Journal reports on these things. All right, Ron DeSantis today signed legislation Monday making Florida the 26th constitutional carry state in the union. Now we have a majority because 25 is half of 50 and we now have Florida being the 26th state that makes over half of the country constitutional carry states. So, congratulations to DeSantis. You're not my guy for president in 2024, Ron DeSantis, but you're a hell of a governor. Stay in Florida and govern there. Oh, let me mention this story, which is also going to segue into uh, another story. Ecuador's president realizes the power of constitutional carry. They wouldn't call it that in Ecuador because they don't have a Second Amendment like we do. But the president of Ecuador, Guillermo Lasso, announced an authorization this past weekend that allows civilians to carry and use guns because of this surge in crime in the country. 
Reuters noted that the crime has reached a point where it is hard to curtail and Lasso hopes to find some degree of respite in allowing citizens to be armed for self-defense. Quote, Lasso, a political conservative, announced a new policy saying we have a common enemy, petty crime, drug trafficking, and organized crime. He goes on to say, we've modified a decree that allows the possession and carrying of guns. In other words, in general terms, the possession and carrying of guns for civilian use and personal defense is authorized in accordance with the requirements of law and regulations. So we have Joe Biden trying to take away our gun rights, and we have Ecuador realizing uh, we need to let our citizens be armed. Now, in a weird way, this is segueing into my next story that has to do with an Ecuadorian an illegal alien named Nicolas Dutan Guaman, who in August of 2011, without a license, ran a stop sign and struck Matthew Denise, who was riding his motorcycle. This happened in Massachusetts. He didn't stop. He dragged Denise for a quarter of a mile. Eyewitnesses tried to get the guy to stop. He wouldn't stop. He ultimately dragged Denise to death. Why am I mentioning this? If it happened so long ago, well, this illegal alien convicted of killing 23-year-old Matthew Denise has been deported from the United States and served fewer than 10 years in prison for this murder. Or manslaughter. I call it murder. He could have stopped and he kept going. Dragged the guy to death. He didn't, full, he didn't serve his full sentence. You, if this story sounds familiar to you, that's because um, his mother, Maureen Mal- uh, uh, Maloney, and his father, they are angel parents that have been fighting for the rights. How about this? The, uh, that, that's a new story. That he, he got off early and got deported. Less than 10 years for murder. Now, if we had a non-porous border, I'd be like, great, deport him and... He'll never come back. But we have a porous border, so scary thing is he might come back. A man was kidnapped in his Texas home and taken to Mexico by cartel gunmen. Now, this knucklehead was bragging that he had stolen $50,000 from the cartel. They have caught one of the people that was the in, in the kidnapped vehicle. The only thing I really want to report on this is the emboldened nature of the drug cartels of the Mexican cartels to come in and kidnap someone in the United States. He thought that he could brag about it because he was safe because he was U.S. And they said, no, you got a porous border. We're coming in. We, they grabbed him, kidnapped him, and took him to Mexico. We don't know where he's at. My contention is that the, boor, the, porous, the border is so porous that the Mexican cartels are totally emboldened to come and commit their crimes right here in America and take people back to, to, to the United States of Mexico. Well, check this out, folks. There's a a group of swing state Democrats in a quandary. (laughs) Once again, this is our reporting on illegal immigration. A group of swing state Democrats all up for re-election next year are staying silent as Joe Biden considers implementing an enforcement policy at the United States-Mexico border that they once opposed because it was championed by President Trump. But now that Biden is going to take it up or thinking about taking it up, all of a sudden... 
they've changed their tune. One of those, of course, is Joe Manchin, who I already skewered in this morning's episode. Last month, reports circulated that Biden's considering reviving a Trump-era policy that saw adult border crossers detained along with the migrant children they arrive with. In what would be a major change of policy at the border, the New York Times reports that the Biden administration is considering restarting detention of migrant families, a practice Biden ended when he took office. Under his administration, families have been mass-released into the U.S. They're not going to be any longer, and these people who have been against it... When Trump did it, mum's the word in re-election time because Joe Biden might be doing it. Now that Biden is, is reportedly considering a similar policy at the border, a number of Senate Democrats have written to the administration urging officials to drop the idea. Casey, Baldwin, and Brown, along with Senators Joe Manchin and John Tester, did not sign the letter, but they are very quiet. The other ones are Bob Casey of Pennsylvania Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, and Sherrod Brown of Ohio. When you have no real principles, you get caught up in this kind of stuff. All right, folks, here is a banger. Here is a developing, breaking story. The Chinese spy balloon that traversed across the continental U.S. before Joe Biden had it shot down has in fact collected intelligence from sensitive military sites. At times, it did figure eight formations to hover over certain sites, according to a report. The balloon gathered intelligence from several military sites, despite the Biden administration insisting that measures were taken to prevent that from happening. NBC News reported today, citing two current senior U.S. officials and one former senior administration official. According to the report, China was able to control the balloons so it could make multiple passes over some of the sites, including flying figure eight formations and transmitting intelligence back to China in real time. The intelligence was mostly electronic signals from weapon systems or communications from base personnel. Oh my goodness gracious, Joe Biden caught in yet another lie? They allowed this to happen. Why isn't Joe Biden's ass in jail for treason? How much more proof do we need that the Democrat math recipient, the Manchurian candidate, Joseph Robinette Jr., is a puppet and controlled and compromised by the biggest kill political foe of the United States? China. He lied. We knew he lied. We have officials, U.S. officials saying everything he said is a lie. It was controlled. They were surveying our military installations. Oh, and what was the cover-up after they shot that down over the coast, uh, over the Atlantic Ocean after it flew over the Carolinas? They started shooting every damn thing out of the sky. <laughs> over there, I have my my, my paper kite with, with a hole through it when the military sent a missile right through it. Of course, I'm being facetious, folks. But that was a cover-up of the actual crime of the Bidens. Plus, remember, James Comer said he's got emails essentially link- linking those confidential classified information files that Joe Biden had that Hunter Biden gave to Burisma. 
And I reported this morning that the special counsel, Jack Smith, thinks they've got an obstruction case against President Trump, who legally had a skiff and had access to classified information as president and could declassify anything. They're going after him. But the guy currently in office allowing China to spy on us is getting a sweet deal and a cover-up from the same Department of Justice. President Trump was right when he when he called for this the, the thing to be shot down. President Trump knows that these things were happening. They didn't happen under his watch, even though they kept trying to say that it did. Folks, they are so afraid of President Trump. That's why we have the Democrat turned Republican, Jeff uh, uh, Representative Jeff Van Drew, saying that the Democrats are simply afraid that Donald Trump will take out corruption if he wins in 2024. Drew Van Drew, a member of the House Judiciary Committee, said, this is a disease for the Democrats at this point. They just can't stop. We had one impeachment. We had another impeachment. We had the Russia collusion. We had the stuff with Ukraine. That's only to mention a few. They just can't leave it alone. They are, in my opinion, so afraid of this man because they know if he wins the presidency of the United States again, that he will let the truth ring out. He will crack that ugly egg called Washington, D.C. and let out the stench and the corruption and everything else. Vandrew went on to refer to Bragg as a half-assed local DA who is going after Trump for what is basically a misdemeanor. I like how they uh, how they talk in New York and 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 and, uh, and New Jersey. I am uh, I am not a uh, I am not a uh, a vulgar man, but you got to put things straight, and you got to say things straight, and not mince words and be like, oh, we want to be like. Genteel Republicans as these vile, wicked, disgusting, demonic Democrats crush us. All right, so what's uh, what do they plan on doing tomorrow, folks? I told you I had a lot of sto- stories to cover here. President Trump's legal team is expected to immediately file a motion to dismiss as soon as they have a chance to review the BS indictments against President Trump. The team says they expect the indictment against um President Trump to be frail and they're going to immediately file motions to dismiss. Donald Trump's former attorney said Sunday expects to make a motion to dismiss any, sorry, former President Donald Trump's attorney said yesterday he expects to make a motion to dismiss any charges brought up by a Manhattan grand jury in DA Alvin Bragg's probe. Quote, we will take the indictment, we will dissect it, the team will look at every every potential issue that we'll be able to challenge and we will challenge. And of course, I very much anticipate a motion to dismiss coming because there's no law that fits this. Of course, that came from Joe Takapina talking to Dana Bash yesterday on CNN. And you have a situation where, you know, the federal government turned this matter down. The FEC, the FEC, the Federal Elections Commission, which governs federal election laws, said that there's no violation here. Yet somehow a state prosecutor has taken a misdemeanor and tried to cobble together to make it a felony by alleging a violation of federal campaign violations. And the FEC said that doesn't even exist. So there will be drama uh, tomorrow. And a circus atmosphere. President Trump's lawyer asked Judge Juan Mercan to deny a request by the media for cameras in the courtroom for Trump's arrangement 
arraignment tomorrow. Quote, we submit that the media request should be denied because it will create a circus-like atmosphere at the arraignment, raise unique security concerns, and is inconsistent with President Trump's presumption of innocence. The lawyers for President Trump urge a judge to deny the request by media outlets for cameras in the courtroom. The letter was made public as Trump was flying from his home in Florida to New York City in anticipation of his court appearance. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which is prosecuting the Trump in its own letter to Merchant on Monday, did not take a position on whether the judge should allow cameras in the courtroom. However, that letter from Assistant DA uh, Calangelo noted that New York State's highest court has upheld the constitutionality of the law banning audiovisual coverage of most courtroom proceedings. Even if the cameras are not categorically barred, judges have the discretion to control the conduct of judicial proceedings. By the way, President Trump has landed at LaGuardia Airport in Queens this afternoon. And the media was covering it like crazy because the only interesting thing is President Trump. CNN ratings will bounce back once President Trump, with all this President Trump news, I'm sure they're getting a little bit of uptick. All right, let's go back to New York City Mayor Adams and his comments about rabble rouser Marjorie Taylor Greene. By the way, if you haven't done so yet, please like, share, and subscribe to this video. Hit the notification bell. Check out our second channel, the BCP Report. I dropped a little five-minute report about derailments and water poisoning. You know, tinfoil hat stuff. I did that on our other channel, our sister channel, the BCP Report. BCP Jr. will reconvene tomorrow with reports. She takes uh, Monday. Uh, she does Saturday night at midnight reports for Sunday. Takes off Sunday. And then on Monday evening works. And she'll be giving you reports Tuesday through Sunday. So I'll probably be filling in on Mondays. Check out the report I put on the BCP report earlier today if you haven't seen it already. And don't forget to check out our other show, BCP Unfiltered. All right, tough guy, New York City Mayor Adams. What say you about rabble-rousing Marjorie Taylor Greene? Some rabble-rousers thinking about coming to our city tomorrow. A message is clear and simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. People like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is known to spread mis misinformation and hate speech, uh, she stated she's coming to town. While you're in town, be on your best behavior. And the irony of that is this. Representative Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez has just been busted for having a burner Twitter account where she issued death threats to conservative blogger Matt Walsh and did other things. See, what happened is she had this burner uh, Twitter account and she accidentally replied from this alternative Twitter account called Zaza Demon. Twitter user Joe Biden hates black people responded to one of AOC's tweets from her official AOC account reminding her that she sends money to Nazis. And a random Twitter account called Zaza Demon responded in the first person, laugh out loud, and what makes you think that I did anything to support Nazis? You're delusional. Seek help. Well, before she deleted it, which she did, people were able to scrub and see other posts and find out that, like Mitt Romney, she had a burner Twitter account and has been saying all kinds of hateful things. 
the Zaza Demon account also wish uh, death on conservative blogger Matt Walsh. And um, also called libs of TikTok a worthless, and then it's a word that I won't say. It's a very nasty word. Let's just say if you took the word can't, which is actually a contraction, cannot, but if you took the contraction can't and changed one of the vowels, you get one of the most disgusting words ever. And she used that against libs of TikTok. And then of course, that just disappeared. So while Eric Adams is worried about five foot something Marjella Green coming from the South as being a rubble rouser, <laughs> one of the Democrats in New York is calling for violence against people. I think that's more dangerous hate speech than little MTG coming in to peacefully protest, which is constitutionally guaranteed, even if you come from out of state, against the witch hunt of President Trump. What the hell do I know? I like and honor the Constitution. And that is where I'm coming from. That is my base. Thanks for being here, folks. We'll have continued coverage of the circus tomorrow. Until then, or if anything else breaks, I might do a midnight show. Who knows? But hit that notification bell if you're on YouTube. And you'll know if I do. Ciao, goodbye, God bless.